Hey everybody, it's Lou Rosenfeld. Welcome to the Rosenfeld Review Podcast. Here with Craig Villamore. Uh, hey, Craig, how are you? I'm good. I'm good, Lou. Thanks for having me. Where are you talking to us from today? I am in Salesforce headquarters in San Francisco. Excellent. Uh, where I think it's something like 40 degrees while it's 65 or thereabouts here in New York. So. Oh yeah, yeah. We're sort of uh, you have inverted weather today. So yeah, it's in the 40s here. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Craig, you know it's it's interesting. We I've certainly known your name for quite a while. Uh, um, and I think it's sort of the common thread of uh, Luper Bluski, who's probably a, a common thread for many of us. Uh, did you guys work together at one point? Yeah, we did. We worked together at eBay. And gosh, I think that was probably back in sort of 2004, 2005 timeframe. Uh, and then we've been good friends ever since. We, we share a common passion, which is, uh, well, a couple of them. One of them is uh, design, and then the other one is mountain biking. So Luke and I have been riding together probably for the last, I don't know, nine years. I've certainly seen some of his posts in Facebook about uh, some insane bike rides. Uh, I, I hope you guys have your teeth and kneecaps and so forth intact. But why don't we, just, why don't we move on to talking about design, sure. uh, that other passion. You've been at Salesforce pretty much since you uh, left eBay? Pretty much, yeah. So I've been at Salesforce almost 10 years. It'll be 10 years in, in February, and I've seen a lot of growth from there. I think uh, our design team probably had about five people in it uh, at that time is now well over a hundred and uh, the company itself went from about 1200 employees to about 17,000 and continuing to grow so it's been a been an interesting ride yes uh, I would imagine so and it would be really interesting to, to get your view on what what that path has been you know in over 10 years has design made it into the Salesforce DNA was it always there is it there in a way that it hasn't been in the past, and what does design need to be uh, for Salesforce as an organization to really succeed? Yeah, it's a great question. I, I mean, I think the company has always had a really, really strong uh, customer focus, and I think that's one of the things that's been key to their success is, is uh, customer centricity. So even from the very beginning, you know, they didn't really have uh, designers on staff, but they were modeling after kind of a consumer experience which was if you look at the, if you look at the Salesforce site from 1999 and you compare it to the Amazon site in 1999 you'll notice that they look uh, quite similar um, so there was always kind of this focus on let's make enterprise software as easy to use uh, in that case at that time the sort of rubric was was amazon.com and the company's always been really very um, forward-thinking in terms of getting our customers and our users involved in the in the product uh, lifecycle. So from that perspective, I'd say for sure, you know, the company's been very focused on design at the sort of, am I solving the right problems for our customers uh, uh, from that perspective? Maybe not as much in terms of, you know, more of a visual design and the beauty aspects of design until more recently in the last few years, and certainly with, uh, with the release that we did this year. But yeah, the thing that's great about working at Salesforce is that we have lots of opportunities to uh, to interface with uh, with our customers, and so we do a lot of uh, we do a lot of field research, which um, I'm sure Nalini will talk to you about as well. Uh, and we do a lot of sort of validation work as well. Let me ask you a, a kind of a weird question. Sure. Uh, moving ahead, if, what would you rather have? Uh, One hundred more UX people, 
Or would you rather have 17,000 more people who had heard of UX and at least had some of the language and, and uh, maybe even an awareness of basic skills? I would probably choose something closer to the latter, right? I think one of the things that we're trying to do, certainly what we've been doing over the last few years, is figuring out how to make our design team scale. And that really is about not just adding more designers, but to create some processes and some actual uh, infrastructure around getting high quality of design to scale across you know, thousands of people inside of the organization. So now, right now we have north of a thousand developers inside of Salesforce. We need to be able to communicate with them at scale. We also need them to participate in the design process. And so a lot of the things that we've been doing lately have been things like establishing very close relationships uh, in that sort of three-in-a-box model of designer, engineer, and product manager. And of course, research being included in part of that, in that design leg. And then also creating services and products that allow the teams to scale their quality design across the organization. And that manifests this year in the form of what we call the Lightning Design System, which is really basically a collection of uh, not just best practices and not just patterns, but actual front-end markup and CSS that ensures that when we specify a design, we can actually carry that all the way through to production. And one of the cool things is that it's open source. So um, this is the moment where we flag uh, a URL that you could share uh, so people can get right to it and start grabbing what they, uh, what they need. Excellent. Lightningdesignsystem.com. Lightningdesignsystem.com. Got it. All right. Um, you guys are, are doing your design systems work. And at Enterprise UX 2015, I, I mean, I got to say that was of four really strong themes the, the you know, that topic was really, you know, really popular. Uh, yeah, that's one of the real right. hits for us was uh, Dave Cronin's talk about what they're doing at GE in this regard. What's different about what you guys are doing and, and uh, how does your product, your audience figure into how you do, you do design uh, system development? Yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, the design system for us was born out of a couple of things. One of them is uh, Gina Bolton on our team is, is a strong CSS advocate and also a uh, design systems advocate, and she's sort of been developing uh, her approach within Salesforce, and we've been kind of doing this collectively, uh, so that's been a big influence. But when we started, you know, a few years ago with a product called Salesforce One, which was our, our mobile offering of, of our a core product, we had gone through the exercise of creating a style guide, a traditional style guide, right? So it's guidelines and it's uh, red line specs and um, you know color palettes and these sorts of things. Uh, publishing that and making that available both internally and externally and getting to the other side of that and realizing, well, we did all this work, but it's not really being uh, consumed and it didn't have that much influence on the actual end result in terms of this is what we just we we had specified as we want this to be the end result of of what the product looks like when it ships and it goes out the door and so I think the thing that we had decided between that was a few years ago between the Salesforce one product and the newest product which we call uh, lightning experience is that we wanted to we wanted to solve that problem of these static design static designs don't really propagate particularly well, and they're not the best tools for uh, communication. They're also pretty onerous in terms of keeping them maintained. So the thought was, let's create a, a living design system, which means that really what we're doing is instead of communicating our designs through you know, static documents and redline specs and PDFs, 
we will communicate the design through actual functioning uh, code. So we've got a team uh, that we call the user experience engineering team that is building out the design system. We also have experts in front end uh, markup and CSS. And together they're sort of creating this system that allows us to go to a development team and say, hey, this is how the, the product should work and act uh, and look. And this is also the code that lets you do that. So we kind of needed to create a, uh, the goal was really to create a scenario where we made it so easy to do the right thing in terms of the thing that we had intended uh, for the product to be that there would be there was really would be no resistance to adopting it. It's like we're going to hand you this thing. It looks beautiful. It's ready to go. We just saved you several uh, hours, days, weeks of work, and here it is. And so the, you know it was really about reducing that friction and delivering our designs out to the to the organization, which ended up being really successful. Excellent. So. You know, one question I have for people like yourself who are, are working with design systems is it, the internal audience can be pretty varied, right? I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's not just people coding, it's not just uh, people doing visual design, or maybe people doing uh, uh, work with content, et cetera, et cetera. Do you find that you have to work out a lot of language issues or vocabulary issues when you're developing a design system? So um, yeah. we don't all speak the same language, and that's a big challenge. It's half the battle, really. Is a design system a really good opportunity to, to at least come up with a, a common pigeon or, or, or some set of terms that people with different backgrounds from different tribes can actually use to communicate with each other? Yeah, I think absolutely. I, I mean, you know, on the on the uh, on the technical side, we had come up with a, a system of tokens, which is really just sort of like pairing um, values with with uh, with code, right? So that we, when we talked about things like color uh, and font and padding and these and these sorts of uh, properties, we were talking about them in the form of these things we called tokens, which really allowed us to kind of have those conversations in a very efficient way. And then if you sort of scale out from the pure nuts and bolts of getting getting the work done, you know, like any large organization, we have a lot of language that has either it's sort of we've attacked on meaning to things that you know uh, that's different than than maybe was originally intended, and we sort of have to step around some of that some of that uh, legacy language. So it definitely helps for us to have a centralized place where we start to define what we mean. Uh, and I think one of the big things, if, we, if we're looking at sort of the highest level of how do we get executives and the product teams and the engineering teams and the designers themselves aligned, is uh, one of the things we did this year was to really put in sort of set in stone our set of design principles and uh, that was intended to be the something something that's very easily consumable uh, very simple but allowed us to make key decisions about should we go with option A or should we go with option B and and try to keep those conversations from being very circular and opinion based um, so we came up with really a set of four core principles which at Salesforce is interesting everything needs to be uh, in priority order so every list we ever make at Salesforce is a priority ordered list and for us in terms of design principles they ended up being clarity efficiency consistency and beauty and that that order was chosen very explicitly to map to really what our our customers and our users are expecting from our product and that's because ultimately they're trying to get work done right so the most important thing for our customers and for our users is that I need to be able to efficiently interact with the system and I need to I need to always know what's going on right so we'd be choosing language that provided clarity for people a good example is uh, we had a, a part of our product where there was a, something we called um, we've called chatter in the past it's this it's our social networking 
uh, product. So we've called it Chatter, we've called it a feed, so you can kind of think of it as Facebook inside of, uh, inside of your enterprise. And uh, we, uh, we attach these feeds to actual data in the system. So for example, if you're looking at an account, let's say it's ABC Incorporated account, there is an actual feed that lives on that record and people can have conversations about that, that account, conversations about that data. And there was a lot of kind of discussion and churn about, well, we call it a feed over here, but you're calling it collaborate uh, in, uh, when you look at a record and isn't this gonna be confusing and it's not consistent. And the principles in that particular case ended up really helping us shortcut what would have been a very, very long discussion otherwise, which is when we put this in front of our customers and we call it collaborate in the context of uh, a piece of data, they know exactly what it is. When we call it a feed, they don't know exactly what it is. So we have tremendous clarity, um, but we don't have as much consistency across the broader system. So it's just an example of kind of taking language and taking a framework and then using that to, to make key decisions and keep the teams uh, moving forward. Uh, it kind of warms my heart to hear that because I think that, you know, as I said, half the battle in interdisciplinary environments is usually centered on language. And the design system is a Trojan horse in a, in a sense for working out a lot of those interdisciplinary issues. It's, it's pretty exciting. Um, let me ask you one last question. So you, you've been working on the Lightning Design System for how long now? So, I mean, if you if we think about it, it, its current incarnation as we when we've decided to turn it into a living system, it's probably about uh, nine to ten months, somewhere around there. And and how far through the kind of bulk of the work, you, or is it never ending? I don't know. I mean, I you feel like you're you're going to be doing this forever, or are you are you halfway there? What's your sense? That is a great question. So we are going to do this forever. So, uh, and, and let me explain that. Um, so really the intent here is to change the way, uh, to change our approach to design so that we create uh, our specifications, our living specifications, and then we get closer and closer to actual production code. Uh, the system has actually been successful enough that the engineering team has said, okay, you need to just be committing this code to production, this front-end uh, markup. So uh, as we go into this next year and into future releases, the plan is really for the design team in general to get much, much closer to the production code when it comes to the look and feel of the application. And so this, this is basically a change in, in the way that we design and the change in, the, in our uh, product lifecycle. Excellent. So you, you answered one question and now it prompts me to uh, yet another final question, which is what, now that you've been through this, you've been working on this particular project for a year, and obviously there, there's certain prior iterations that you've been working on at Salesforce. What do you wish you knew going in that you know now? Oh, so gosh, it depends on which time frame we're talking about. But, uh, you know, I think one of the things that... Uh, and you'll hear this from probably most um, design leaders who've been doing this for a while, is the value in, um, in getting people to collaborate together to create great design. And that design does not just live inside of the design department. And that you, uh, the idea of going away and coming up with a great idea and coming back and saying, ta-da, just does not work. It does not scale. Um, and so I think I wish I had known this earlier in my career in general and certainly at Salesforce I think it took a few uh, painful trial and error moments to kind of get to the point where we realized 
we need to open up this process and make it really collaborative. We need to have everyone contributing design ideas because a good design idea can come from anywhere. And the team is really the team's purpose is to help facilitate well-structured, well-defined discussions so that we can move designs forward and make decisions and then create experiences that are good for our customers. So it's really kind of opening up the um, opening up the process to everyone and then making sure that we are facilitating great design through the entire life cycle from initial concept all the way through to production. Fantastic. Uh, I, I like to think that you just saved a lot of people a lot of heartache. <laughs> I hope so. Please take this lesson to heart. <laughs> Thanks so much. I really appreciate it, Craig. Thank you. I hope we'll be seeing you at Enterprise UX uh, 2016 in June uh, in San Antonio. I know we'll be seeing a, a, a bunch of your colleagues from Salesforce. And we'll be having, uh, again, a whole theme, uh, uh, three talks, uh, kind of a mini conference dedicated to uh, designing design system. We look forward to having your colleague, uh, Kasim Raju. Yes. Uh -huh. All right, and uh, any kind of Raju is going to be on that uh, uh, in that uh, theme. And uh, thanks again, uh, Craig Villamore, Chief Design Architect of Salesforce. Thanks very much. <laughs>